0: I had my children on the floor. I was on my favorite blanket that my grandmother gave me on the floor like a cat. And I realized in that moment the potential of what our bodies can really do as women. Like, I could feel his head. I could do my own internal, like, yeah, his head. I could feel it. I was in tears. I was just in tears and overwhelmed with gratitude. Hi, and welcome to The Natural Birth Podcast the podcast that is bringing embodied birth wisdom from women from all over the world sharing their natural birth stories. Don't forget to subscribe and download so that you can always have access to these empowering and positive natural birth stories. Hi, my name is Anna, also known as The Spiritual Midwife, and I am The Natural Birth podcast host. I'm a midwife and a childbirth educator, a women's work facilitator, mentor and coach, and I assist women in optimizing their chances of having an empowering and natural birth experience and to truly claim their birth as a rite of passage. If you want to know more about me and what I do in the world, Then please visit me at thenaturalbirthcourse.com or connect with me on Instagram as the underscore spiritual underscore midwife. Now, if you love this podcast, then please consider taking a moment and leave a review, as this is how you can help us reach more women around the world with these natural and empowering birth stories. The Natural Birth Podcast also has a Patreon page. So if you'd like to shout me a cup of coffee to show me your appreciation for the podcast, then you can do that there. Thank you for all your support and love. It's deeply appreciated. Today on the Natural Birth Podcast, we have Amy. Amy is a mama of two and expecting her third baby in just a few short months from Mississippi, USA. She recently left her full-time teaching career to be a full-time mom to her little ones. Amy's first birth was a quite traumatic hospital birth. She was pushed into induction and interventions she didn't want but didn't know enough about how to refuse. When she felt pregnant again, she did a lot more research and decided on a home birth with her midwife. She believes birth is truly a rite of passage that so many women are deprived of in today's traditional birth setting and loves sharing her story in the hopes to empower other mamas. In today's episode, we will dive into her empowering and positive birth story and how she's preparing for her third baby coming curious about Amy find her on Instagram as Amy Harris. Hi Amy and welcome to the natural birth podcast. How are you? Good
1: thank you for having me today.
0: Well I'm so grateful to have you on all the way over from Mississippi 4am goodness (laughs) gracious. Yes amazing that you wanted to be on and uh, honor us at that early hour. <laughs> so I'm um, excited to hear your birth stories. I know that you've um, had a hospital birth with your first, a home birth with your second, and you're currently pregnant as well. I and am. A third, um, well, a second home birth, a third birth. So yes. <laughs> that's exciting. Um, So I thought, yeah, let's dive on into, you know, you felt pregnant and what was your you know experience at that point around birth and what made you choose a hospital birth with your first and what was the okay yeah um
1: well uh my husband and I had only been married about a month we found out we were pregnant so it was really exciting um we, we wanted to have children really quickly so we were excited about that and just all I really knew was the generic little medical care for birth I mean I knew i didn't want well, initially pretty much knew i didn't want tons of interventions i talked to that over my husband he was like yeah that's fine i support you in that and we decided to get a doula um mm-hmm. i'd read a little bit about doulas and researched it and talked with a couple of friends who had had doulas and knew that that would be a good option since i was wanting to go more of the natural side of and um like as little interventions as you can have in a hospital birth. So the pregnancy was great. I really liked my OB. I trusted her. She was on board with a lot of the choices I wanted. I didn't want to be induced early. I didn't want early cord clamping, just all of the things that you kind of look at in more of the natural mindset. So that was great. Well, then we hit 36 weeks. We had one of those little tests and baby wasn't moving quite enough. They kind of said it was a scare we needed to induce now and i was like well can we do something further like can we do like a second opinion she was like well i, I we can we can send you like tomorrow to another hospital to get checked but i'd feel more comfortable we went ahead and induce now and i was like where have where where did this even come from? Like, you knew I did not want this. So thankfully my husband, my doula was actually, that was the first visit she came to with me just to meet the OB. So it was such a blessing in disguise that she was there and she kind of was like, we, can we just have a second opinion? So we, we got through that. We got the second opinion. Baby was perfectly fine. So it was a miracle that we, didn't just follow through
0: and go in with the induction because no telling where I would have been after that wow so, but this is crazy yes. let me just like stop you there because I'm like I'm sitting here like <laughs> gobsmacked like if if you could see me right yeah. now I'm, like open mouth going like jaw drop like yes <laughs> so tell me again like so did you feel like your baby wasn't moving enough or did or or like
1: I, f- I felt like it was fine. I remember thinking um it was an afternoon appointment and we we had about an hour and we were going bi-weekly bi-monthly at that point. So I'd had a snack and baby was always very active during snack time when I would eat we were driving there. And then he would kind of just get at a lull and I feel like that was that time and they said he didn't move enough on the ultrasound and he was measuring a little small and that was their concern. So I felt like he was moving fine. I had no worries at all and that was kind of why I advocated can we please just get a second opinion I'm not comfortable with an induction at 36 weeks so thankfully I kind of had done research in that and knew I didn't want to just follow through everything they suggested because it might not always be my best interest I mean they're going to convince you that it is so thankfully we got through that and moved on um so that was kind of what that was about
0: (laughs) that's so good that you you know mentioned this because I think it's really important for women to understand that I mean I don't even really understand why they would have done an ultrasound at 36 weeks because we know that it's not a you know it's only a screening tool it's quite a bad screening tool like it is it sees a lot of bad things that aren't true Mm -hmm. and puts so much anxiety and stress into women so it should really be a conscious choice how many, if at all, you have an ultrasound and yeah. when you have an ultrasound and for what reason and to realize that it might spiral you on this journey where you're worried about something that never was because exactly that's how often actually ultrasounds are wrong and, and mm-hmm. it's not really talked about. And I think it's so important when people do bring it up like you just did that we just talk about this because women need to hear this. Exactly. Yes.
1: After that, we had so many of that pregnancy. I had one, my last pregnancy and I've had none thus far just because of the, the unneeded anxiety and stress mm-hmm. it put on me and just our whole family in general. So yes, but definitely that led me to look and do ultrasound research after that. So we continued on, I hit 41 weeks. They were and they were like, you need to, if baby doesn't come by such and such time, we're going to want to induce. And I was like, okay, well, I trust my body. I really want to wait. We hit 41 weeks and we had another one at 41 weeks in one day and we had another, which is not even late. I mean, on, on like, as you know, I mean, that's pretty normal, especially for first time moms. And I was at another appointment that they required an ultrasound and I just went along with it because I didn't know any different. And again, baby wasn't moving quite enough to their specifications and they pretty much guilted me to induce I remember being in tears, begging my husband to let's go home. It was a Thursday afternoon. They basically told me they didn't trust me to go home over the weekend. Something might happen to baby. They weren't going to be my specific doctor wasn't going to be on call. And she just preferred that I go ahead and induce. So basically just guilted me into the induction. And at that point I was put in the spiral of hospital interventions that I knew I didn't want. Um, So I, I, I had agreed to do a very, very gentle induction with the folly balloon catheter they told me that was the least invasive, the the most gentle. And, I, and I, I, with the little research, I knew I agreed to it. And it wasn't terrible, but I know my baby wasn't ready. Like I, I, looking at what happened after that, I feel like he wasn't probably in proper position. Um, I think I was I wasn't even a full centimeter when they wanted me to do this. So I know he what just wasn't ready and he probably needed a couple more days to get into position for my body to jumpstart on its own. But again, they kind of guilted me into the system and um, everything just went from there after for the next three days, we were in the hospital, just my body was fighting all the interventions they were trying to bring in. So I'll just quickly run through what kind of what happened. So they put in a balloon. It, Dil- dilated me to four centimeters in 24 hours. It took quite a while. And they were threatening Pitocin, wanting to put me on Pitocin. And I was trying to fight it. I didn't want this. I really just want my body to jump and kickstart itself into labor, but it was just not a good environment. My body was probably nervous and scared. And I mean, your body's not going to go into labor when it's on, when it's stressed and nervous. So that was another thing that was probably fighting against me. We try to relax as much as I could, but it was just I, I already jumped started into the system and knew I did not want that. So I guess I was just kind of in stress mode at that point. So, um, so that was a Thursday evening. Friday was kind of gentle. My husband and I just hung out in the hospital and the catheter, the folly balloon was kind of doing what it was meant to do. And, um, didn't get me very far. And then by Saturday evening, no, Friday evening, like late in the night, they finally were like, we're going to need to put you on Pitocin. Um, very low dose. So I agreed to that. So th- at that point, I mean, pitocin tract sh- contractions are terrible compared to yes. natural contractions, yeah. knowing it now. Yeah. So that just kind of happened. And my body just I still wasn't ready because it just took forever for stuff to happen, for things to move. I mean, I think I would dilate like one centimeter in four to five hours. Like it was just my body was fighting it. My baby wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, so that was all day Saturday. Saturday was pretty, a pretty intense day. Um, I think I made it to six centimeters and we were for sure we were going to have a baby by that evening and things just stalled out. Um, again, my body just wasn't ready. They would try to up Pitocin. I think at that point they wanted to, um, break my waters. They still are not broken basically told me that we needed to get things going. And that was another way to do it. And then at that point I became on their clock of the, I think it was 24 hours. And then we had yeah. to um, like get baby out because of risk of infection. I don't remember all the details there, but um, so then I was put under even more stress that I had to have the baby within that time frame. And thankfully everything worked out, but it was just at one point I was so tired. Um, I was able to sleep some at night, but not good. Cause those Pitocin con- contractions were so intense and um just hitting me so hard and so quick because they were just continually wanting to up it I kind of kept it as minimum as possible my doula was there to advocate for me which I cannot thank enough that she was there through all of that finally I guess it was Sunday afternoon I was probably hitting transition I think I hit transition about three times (laughs) so go my body going back and forth fighting it Mm -hmm. just going in and out of transition um they, they had checked me and baby's head was slightly tilted, I guess, where he couldn't properly come out. And they were like, if you can't, you're getting really tired. We need, we need to look into doing an epidural and let you get some rest so we can get baby out. And I remember just panicking. And I was like, well, let me just think about this. I'm not going to agree anything. And my doula left and went and chatted with her husband. And she, she said her and her husband were praying so hard. She came back and did some... Um, I think it's where you lay on the side and do some kind of hip tilt. I can't remember yeah. what it was called. Um, side lying release. Side line, yes. Mm. She and my husband did that. Hopefully try to get baby to reposition. And within one hour after all of that, she had gone out and recoup recuperated and we came back together and they had, a, they hadn't checked me again, but they were like, okay, we're going to go ahead and call for the epidural. It was like later in the evening and the anesthesiologist has already left. And they're like, we've called him. He's on his way back. And the nurse checked me and baby had moved. I think it was just like a miracle. Everything lined up. It was like, I, I did not need this epidural. I did not want it. I knew I did not want it. And baby tilted. And we were finally right almost to 10. And they're like, you don't have to have the epidural. I think you, you can do this. You've pushed so far. We're like 70 something hours in. We can do this. So I had hit. So they checked me and I was finally ready to hopefully push um looking back now i probably wasn't quite ready because i did they told me at 10 centimeters i could push and i didn't know all that about fetal ejection and that your body kind of just will kick start on its own and you don't have to actually push um i think that might have stalled me out a little um just knowing what i know now i, I gave a push and it didn't felt right and i told them that and they're like okay well you can wait so thankfully they were okay with that the nurses um, so the pushing phase wasn't that bad and he got here safely and all those scares they had told me about him being too small and not moving enough were faults. I mean, like we just talked about ultrasounds are so inaccurate a lot of times. And, um, he got here safely that traumatic birth left us with breastfeeding issues, low supply issues. I mean, just a cascade of effects that kind of just made me realize there, there has to be a better way to birth. Um, I don't, I don't want to have another long labor like this. That's just intervention after intervention and me constantly having to fight for what I wanted, um, in the hospital setting. So that kind of, I guess, just led me into looking into home birth and where we were with my next baby and where we currently are with this, this pregnancy.
0: Oh, beautiful. So how long after you had your first baby did you fall pregnant again? And was that a planned pregnancy? It it was.
1: Um I was my son was nine months old when I got pregnant with my second daughter. So we had planned to have them pretty close. So we were excited about that blessing and that it happened quite quickly. And um I remember just telling my husband that I did not want another labor like that. I knew there had to be a better option. And um we were right around the um Lockdowns where hospital procedures were very strict. Um, husbands could not come and go to get food or to, and I didn't really enjoy the hospital food the first time around. Um, doula's could not be with you. You had to wear a mask during labor, and I was like, I, I don't, I don't foresee me doing this. I can't do this. And I was like, What do you think about a home birth? And I was being so nervous to tell him. I mean, he, he was pretty on board with a lot of my like a lot of things I research and that I want to do differently as far as our health in our house, but I didn't know if he'll be okay with a home birth. And he was a little nervous, but after just telling him the background, the research behind it, we, we could have a doula. If we had it at home, he would be, have a lot more freedom and he wouldn't have that in the hospital. He agreed. So that was a blessing, but it was a little bit um, nerve wracking to talk. I mean, not that he was going to be mad about it or anything, but I just wanted him to be on board. And thankfully, he wasn't. Sometimes when, Um, sometimes husbands are a little scared. And I just presented research to him. And we watched the documentary, The Business of Being Born, which talks a lot about the hospital system and how it's kind of just like a money market now, a lot of times for women oh, yeah. and women oh, yeah. as um, to make money. And yes. I mean, that kind of opened his eyes and did a lot of research on Um, Our midwife gave us a lot of options on um, like what she would do in this emergency and just gave him a lot more comfort and peace about it. So Mm -hmm. I just um, any any women who are worried about their husband just in there that they're not going to agree, just find some research and present it to them. And I feel like a lot of times men are going to come around, um,
0: especially when they see that actually is a lot safer than it's made out to be. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes they just need that, as you say, the evidence, you know. Yeah. They can they tend to be a bit more logical, aren't mm-hmm, they? Like exactly. and, and wanting the facts about things. Mm-hmm. And there's so much evidence out there. It's actually really easy to find proof yes. that it's actually just a safe, if not safer,
1: exactly at, yes. last, at
0: home. Yeah.
1: Um, Okay. So after that, we found the midwife. Um, I'd already mentioned we loved her. Um, The pregnancy just went so smoothly. I had such a peace every, every time we would visit her, I just had more and more peace about the home birth, Um, my husband as well. So I guess um, we were hitting that 41 week mark and we were still kind of anticipating a really long labor. And I remember asking the midwife, like, if you're going to be at our house for like three days, um, do you have any requests for where you want to sleep? We were just trying to set everything up to make her comfortable because we were just totally expecting a really long labor again, com- knowing how my first labor went. Um, so um, I hit 41 weeks and one day again, um, it was crazy. They, they came around the same time, although I think my son would have been a little later if we had left him alone. So 41 weeks and one day on the dot um, at midnight, My I woke up to what I felt like I had to go to the bathroom and I was like can this can this be what I think it is I got up swats to the bathroom and I continued to feel my waters and I was like is this really happening because I didn't know that that feeling from the first baby cuz they had kind of done it for me and um went to the bathroom and I was for certain it was. So I snuck back in the bedroom and grabbed my phone to call the midwife. My husband's like, what are you doing up? And he was, I was like, I think my water broke. And he was like, well, let me go to sleep. I need, I'm going to need some rest for what we're about to go through. Cause he was remembering that really long labor. And I was like, okay, babe, get some sleep. I'm going to go call the midwife and called her. We kind of talked through some stuff. She had me test if my waters had broken and we were pretty certain it had, um, it was very faint. The little, the little strip she had, um, that we had tested to see if the waters had broke. Um, but she was like, okay, so we'll, um, this could, it could be a while before you actually have contractions. It could be up to like 12 hours. So especially from your last labor, um, they're not always the same, but let's go ahead and just, um, I'll plan to come. She lived about two hours from me. So this was midnight. She was going to plan to come about noon. If things didn't change. I was like, okay, great. Um, I'll just try to get some rest. I'll see if contractions pick up and I'll get back in touch with you. So I was kind of expecting just to go back to sleep and nothing really happened until the morning, but that was all, um, a lot different than I expected. Um, just going off my first birth to this birth because that's all I had known. And I went and tried to lay back in the bed. But I was so excited. I was like, this is, this is, this is so exciting. This is going to happen. We're going to have a beautiful birth. Um, and then, um, I couldn't go back to sleep. So after about an hour, not even an hour, probably 30 or 40 minutes, I had my first contraction and Ooh. it was so calm. Like this is nothing like those last contractions at the hospital. Um, It just was like, my body was just, I just remember thinking this is baby. This um, wave is bringing baby down, just bringing baby down um, to meet her. And they were just so peaceful. I could, just sleep through them. I was take. Check- I did start timing them just to kind of get an idea because I needed to let my midwife know. At that point, they were already like ten minutes, ten to twelve minutes apart. So it was pretty like they hit pretty fast and pretty regular right off the bat. But I um, moved into the living room so I could time contractions and get a better idea. And I didn't want to time it too much because I didn't want to stress too much about. Is this gonna continue? Is this is things gonna stall? Are things gonna stall out? So I kinda tried to just sleep. And after the, after they started, I just had such a peace about everything, just knowing that this birth was gonna be so much different than the last one. This is what I had dreamed of. I was praying this week, my dream birth, and I remember laying on the couch, falling asleep between um the the waves, and it started raining. And I'd had this sense of. Water washing over me. Every time I'd be in the shower through the pregnancy, I would have a feeling of water washing over me and like rain. And that was, and it just started raining during those contractions. It was just such a beautiful, like, sign that labor was here. I was gonna meet my baby soon. And just I just I remember the rain being such a like positive reminder when the um when I just started having those contractions. Um, anyway, so um, that kind of just continued through the night every 10 to 12 minutes. They kind of stayed pretty regular. I did drift to sleep a lot. So I, there may have been some that were a little different that I wasn't timing. But about five o'clock, um, my husband, um, well, I was working still at the time. So I went ahead and let my um a company know that I wouldn't be into work that day. My husband got up about five o'clock to get ready for work. And he was like, how are you? How are you doing? And I was like, I think we're going to have a baby. Um, everything's just going as hopefully as planned 10 to 12 minutes apart. Um, I was able to rest a lot. I was like, did you sleep good? He was like, yeah, I slept great. I'm ready. And, um, so then he started kind of getting the house picked up and ready for the midwife and I let the midwife know how things were. And she was like, okay, sounds good. Well, I plan on coming till about noon if things don't change. So my son got up, I guess it was right at six at that point, 6 a.m. And it was like, once he was up getting ready for his, he, he went to a little day sitter at that point. And once he was up and I was talking with him, we had a little breakfast smoothie together. Everything just came on like immediately it was like my body knew okay he's up he's about to go out for the day um you're you're ready to have this baby he's gonna be taken care of it's just like crazy how your body just knows like when things are all lined up and it's ready um your family's taken care of baby's ready to come it was just so crazy how when he was headed out the door my husband was taking him to sitter contractions just came to like I'd say almost two to three minutes apart, just immediately. Like I didn't even have that five minute mark, contraction mark. It was just immediately my body was ready. And I told my husband, I was like, all right, y'all hurry back. Um, I'm going to check with the midwife. Um, hurry back. It was only like a five minute drive. So he would have been back pretty quickly. And I remember texting the midwife and I was like, they're, they're picking up. You might want to hurry up and come on she did have a two hour drive to get to me and she was like, okay, I'm going to get a shower and I'll be on soon. Um, Thankfully, I remember um, thinking, thankfully I did text her because originally we weren't even planning for her to come until around noon that day. So that was a blessing that I texted her. I remember my husband being out of the house and I, again, I was going around straightening the house. And at that point I was having to stop and breathe through every contraction before that I was able to just talk and just kind of, look around and just kind of relax. But at that point I was having to actually stop and focus. And again, they weren't painful by any means compared to those previous ones I had experienced in my last birth. They were just, like I said, just like kind of a blessing, bring baby down. And I just imagined baby coming down with every wave. I would kind of circle my hips and just kind of lean over and just close my eyes. It was just such a peaceful time. I mean, I definitely had to breathe and concentrate, but it was just, I don't remember being in like any extreme pain. So that was just beautiful in itself.
0: Do you want a natural birth, mama? Then a natural birth course might be for you. Do you see birth as a rite of passage and an important and transformational event that you'd like to feel fully empowered in meeting? Are you, like many other women, realizing that it is time to take back your power as a birthing woman in the birth space and birth your baby your way? Would you like to feel calm and confident as you birth your baby with all the tools you need in order to meet the labor sensations naturally and be ready body, mind and soul? Do you deeply down know that your body was made to birth your baby and that you have all the inherent power and inner wisdom to do so? Are you looking for holistic midwifery wisdom and guidance to assist you and give you all the evidence-based information you need in order to feel fully sovereign in your decision making around your pregnancy and upcoming birth? then The Natural Birth Course is for you. Find out more at thenaturalbirthcourse.com.
1: So he got back. And I remember he started to make a pot of coffee and the smell like immediately I had not been sick by any at all during this pregnancy. And that smell just instantly made me sick. And looking back now, i had already hit transition. Um, he he noticed it at that point. I didn't even realize I was that far along at that point. This was probably about seven o'clock after he had gotten back and done some things and was making that coffee. And he was like, "Um, I think, I think things are picking up. Don't be surprised if things pick up soon. How far away is your midwife? And because he was already going through his mind, I think she's a lot farther than we think. I hope I don't have to deliver this baby myself. And I remember he he told me this all (laughs) later. He didn't show it. He didn't show his panic at the time, but he told me in his mind, he was panicking a little. Um, So that happened. I made my way into our bedroom. We kind of just labored on the bed. He kind of just rubbed my back and just, it was just really peaceful. We had our labor playlist on and that was about another 45 minutes, the midwife assistant showed up. Um, she was a lot closer than our midwife, and we had planned a water birth. So she brought the water, the birth pool. Um, with this birth, we're going to already have our birth pool at our house so that my husband could get it set up because um, we didn't quite get to the birth pool with this blast labor. Things happened so quick. But the um, assistant was getting the birth pool set up. I remember um, her just gently talking to me and checking on me. It was just so peaceful. Like there was no one rushing in and out to check me every second, every time they came, they didn't ask to check me. Um, they weren't constantly asking me, can we do this? Can we do this? Can we do this? She just, they just let me be. And it was just so peaceful because my body knew what to do. Yeah. So I guess, um, I don't, I don't remember the whole timeline, but probably 20, 30 minutes after the assistant got there and was working on the pool, I had the urge to go to the bathroom. And so we, my husband helped me get to the bathroom, and. Um, I didn't realize it, but that was already my daughter's head coming down. Oh yeah, and yes, it was just all of a sudden things just got really intense. Again, we had no idea how far along I was. I was still thinking I was probably maybe five or six centimeters. Um, my husband thought I was a lot further, but he and not really. He was kind of just letting me be, letting me stay calm in my little moment in my um like zen there. So we went to the bathroom, and I like couldn't. I, I had been in my bed been like in a really peaceful sideline position was able to just breathe comfortably, relax the contractions. I didn't have any tensing, but when I got to the bathroom, I was having to like sit on the toilet and everything was just tense. So the contractions became a lot more intense, again, not painful, nothing like my last ones. They were just kind of more intense. So, um, around that time, the midwife finally got there and she saw me and she could tell how I was breathing through contractions. And I was like, I remember not being able to talk to her very much cause I was in such the moment I had to breathe and concentrate. They were coming so quickly at that point. Again, I still thought I needed to go to the bathroom, but that was just baby coming down further and further down into my um, pelvis into the birth canal. So she could, she could kind of tell my demeanor and, um, I was like, are you, do you want to check me? Cause we had agreed for her to check me one time. um, When she initially got there, I had agreed to that. Um, I don't know if I'll, I'll, I don't know if my plans have changed for this pregnancy, but that pregnancy, I was okay with her checking me that one time. I didn't want many interventions at all. And she was like, I don't think we need to check you. I think you're I think your body's doing what it needs to do. Let's just keep going. And I'm not going to worry about checking you right now. I'm just going to get my things set up. And when you're ready to come back to the bedroom, let us know. We'll get you back to the bedroom. Well, I I think I was just in such the moment. I was like, no, I think I'm just going to have the baby in here. And um, she was like, well, are you sure? Um, it'll be a lot easier in the bedroom. Once you have the baby, we can get you, you'll be really comfortable in your bed. And I was like, well, what about the birth pool? And she was like, well, we're working on, we're working on that birth pool, sweetheart, but I don't think we're going to make it. Um, I don't think it's going to fill up in time and i remember just being so distraught cuz i was craving the water for like comfort and we never made it to the birth pool it got about halfway full we never made it into the pool um and i didn't have like a tub or anything downstairs that we could use like in the meantime um we only had a shower so um and she didn't want me going upstairs cuz after um I had the baby she only had to climb down so That was a little sad that I wasn't able to get into the birth pool, but they did convince me to come back into the bedroom. So I'll be more comfortable. And literally she had gotten to my house. I think it was like nine 45. We were back in the room by 10 and I was already pushing. She walked back into the room and, um, her and my husband helped me get in there. I think I had like two waves in the walk to my bedroom. Um, they were just so fast, so intense. And just, again, it was just I could feel my baby coming down. It wasn't like sharp pains. Like the last one, it was just deep, deep, like baby movement. I could literally feel her coming down. At that point, I realized that we were probably about to have a baby. I'd finally hit me that, okay, you're not like four or five, six centimeters. You're, you're there, you're there. Baby's about to be here. So that was, she got there at nine 45 ish, 10 o'clock. I was back in the bedroom I just instinctively crawled on the bed with my husband's help on hands and knees and I didn't even mention this when my last birth. I wanted to be I knew I was like you we, we don't you don't birth babies on your back. I knew that. I was like don't I'm not birthing on my back. And they're like well we need to we need to see where you are and I was like let me just squat. This was back in the hospital. And um I remember just being like, but this is not right. This is not how you birth the baby. And I remember trying to squat in the hospital in the squat position. I never tried hands and knees and it was just like too much pressure. I think the way his head was mm. positioned, um, Anyway, they ended up convincing me to lay on my hands and knee on my back and count to 10 for the pushes. And I remember asking them, I was like, how do I know when to push? And my doula was like, you'll know, you'll know when to push your body will tell you. And the nurses were like, um, well, we don't really know. We all had epidurals, so we don't, we don't mm. really know how to help you here. And I remember being like. I needed some help. I, I guess at that point, I just didn't know how to trust my body um, with that first um, labor. But this time around, I remember crawling on the bed, just instinctively on my hands and knees. It just felt right. I think our bodies just know what to, they just kind of know what position to put us in mm. for every labor. And I don't even know if this next labor will be different. Um, I'm sure it'll be totally different. Um, I may not be on my hands and knees. Um, but anyway, I crawled on the bed, hands and knees and kind of leaned my head against my husband's shoulder. It was so supportive. Um, and just, she was like, well, if you want, she, I don't even think she told me to, when to push. I think I said, I think I'm ready to push. She was like, okay, do whatever. And I never actually pushed baby just, and I'd always, I'd read about the fetal ejection um, reflex, but I didn't really know how it would feel, but my body just took over Started pushing baby out, and she my midwife was so encouraging. She was just like, All right, your body's just just breathe baby down. Your body's pushing baby out, just let it do what it needs to do. And I and I remember being like, Do I need to push? Because again, I'm still like, I do all the things, but I guess I was just kind of like questioning myself in the moment. I was like, Do I because at the last birth, they were like, push your baby out. Um, and this birth, she was like, No, you don't, you don't have to push. Your body will do exactly what it needs to do. Mm-hmm. And she um told me when baby crowned and just taught me through it all. It was just so peaceful. Um, her just letting like not coaching me to do something. She just let my body do what it needed to do to get baby out safely and without any tears, thankfully. So within about five minutes, cause I told you we got in there at 10 and by 10 Oh five, my daughter was born. It was a super quick pushing phase. Cause my body just did it all. I think it was within about, it was probably only two or three contractions. They, they were pretty quick contractions and she was here and I just was able to lay her on my chest. There wasn't a flood of nurses and doctors and bright lights coming on people coming in the room to check and prod us and take her away from me. It was just the most beautiful moment when she was laid there and my husband was just able to, we were just able to relish in her beauty and just be with her and not be rushed and pulled at and prodded at. And the whole delivery of the placenta was just completely different. I remember I guess I didn't even get to that with my first hospital birth. I wanted the delayed core clamping, like I wanted at least five minutes. I mean, give it five minutes. I wanted much longer, but they're like, "We'll give you a few minutes." It was immediate. They and I remember my husband was like, "They're asking me to cut it," and I like it was just chaotic in the hospital. And I mean, they just asked him to cut it, and he did what it did. And I think maybe got like thirty seconds, and I knew we wanted that better with this one. So mm. we had like a good thirty minutes before placenta even delivered, and. Mm the midwife didn't pull on it and push on my belly like they did in the hospital. She just let it happen naturally. And it was just, it was just how birth was supposed to be like not interrupted. Just my body knew what it needed to do. And it was just so much different than my first birth. And I'm just so, I'm, I'm glad I had that first experience to lead me into what I know now about birth and what I've learned about birth, because I don't know if I would have learned all this if i had had just a, a, some, I know some hospital births are very beautiful and some women have great experience in the hospital. I just didn't. And that's what led me to find home birth and natural options and letting our body do what it's supposed to do.
0: Yeah, that's so beautiful. I'm so pleased for you. And yeah, you're right. You know, it's just, it's it's it depends where you are in the world and the hospital and the state mm-hmm. and all of that, of course. But generally it's like you say, it's just like this, a lot of maybe midwives or nurse midwives are not knowledgeable about how to actually facilitate physiological birth. Yeah. and like you said they didn't know how to help you hold space mm-hmm. for you know you to trust your body which is just making me so sad to hear um, you know all of them having had epidurals themselves and of course then not having the embodied experience but also not having probably the experience of actually wa- watching and witnessing yes. other women in that sp- setting give birth naturally you know there's so few that choose as just like you to come in and have a natural birth and and maybe just as you end up anyways in the cascade because it's mm-hmm. as you say really hard to hold that space and you were you even had a doula and I always say that like if you do choose a home birth or I mean hospital birth i really encouraged to have a yes. doula because at least then you have someone on your side that is exactly. knowledgeable about all the routines that can go like actually that routine is not evidence-based because you know believe it or not actually a lot of hospital Procedures are not evidence based. Yes. They're fear based and mm-hmm. they're thinking that they're protecting you for something that could potentially happen. But mm-hmm. in that protection of something that potentially could happen to a few women, they cause a lot of pain and yes. sometimes trauma to a lot of women exactly. that never needed to happen. Exactly. And that, you know, the late cold camping, that's one of the examples of something that's so not evidence based, right? It's robbing mm-hmm. the beautiful baby of a third of its blood. Yeah. that's a lot imagine losing a third of your blood like you would be lying on the yeah. floor like going you know and you know it, you would oh. call the ambulance right you would be like mm-hmm. that's a lot you know yes so yeah there's so many things I really encourage women you know to do their research and it's you can choose to birth in hospital if that's where you feel more safe or if you have a, a condition that you know you have to yeah. Yeah. But then bring in your support people. Like, do your, yes. your diligence and research and prepare, you know, employ maybe a doula or talk to me, like anyone yeah. that works at birth. Like, just don't just go in there and, and hope for the best.
1: Yes. That's not a it, good idea. You're probably just going to get into the cascade. And if you don't know what to fight and what to, what to do, you're just going to be in the system. And I'll just kind of throw yourselves to the wolves, how I say, how I've said it before but um, it was just completely different and just completely natural, like just
0: how I think birth, how birth is intended to be. So beautiful. I love (laughs) that second birth story. It sounds beautiful. I love that for you. And now you're pregnant again. So has your plans changed? What is different for this preparation? Have you done any preparation this time around?
1: Um, I've done a lot of like preparing my body, chiropractic care to get baby in position, um, a lot of the spinning babies, stretching and stuff. But I did that with my first two. I actually did that with my first birth. That was when I actually learned about spinning babies and Mm. getting baby into optimal position. But I've done a lot less. Well, I haven't done any ultrasounds this pregnancy, just knowing that it's not necessary. I did one with my last birth. I did the the 20-week scan. I haven't done any with this one. Um, but as far as that, I think we're I, we're not free birthing. My husband's not on board for that. But I do. I think we we discussed with the midwife. I just want her more like a lot ha- more hands off this time. Not that I don't want her there. Just I just want to feel even more so my body do what it needs to do. And mm. if if I need her to come over and assist with anything, I'll have her. But that's kind of what we planned for this one. Just more of. Her is like in the corner facilitating. Not that I'm like want to push her to the corner because I love my midwife, but um, just more of a, I just kind of want to feel that more than just my husband, not like a true free birth because we live in an area where hospital care, if we had to transfer is not the best. So we want our midwife there just in case. I mean, I do believe so much in midwives and their their knowledge and their care. So but I think that's kind of what we planned for this one. We are planning another water birth. Hopefully we'll have the birth pool this time ahead of time. My husband can get it blown up and filled before things get so deep into the labor like this last one. But um, we're just excited again about another home birth. My husband has has gone on and on many times after that birth about how different it was and how peaceful it was. I mean, even the whole four or five hours after no one was coming and checking us every hour, we were actually able to sleep. Um, We had had a good night's rest. Um, before that labor, but we were still just tired from the moment and having a new baby. So we are able to sleep most of the day, nobody bothering us all the time and just enjoy the baby. It was just He's very excited about another home birth. (laughs) We both are. We are planning for our children to be in this birth too. So I have a almost, I'll have a three-year-old and a one and a half year old. So we, we hope they can be present and see their little um, sibling be born. So that's another different plan we have for this birth that we didn't have
0: last time beautiful and do you have someone there that can take care of your children if they need to yes Is that a my, plan? Mom,
1: my mom will be here um kind of in the rest of the house in case they're asleep or if they they want to yeah. leave the room so um, my son's very excited we've talked a lot about birth with him and just he's very excited to hopefully see his new sibling be born That's if, if it's the right timing and everything yeah. with
0: I think it's You're such speaking. a blessing uh, for them to have that it's such a gift you know and yes and you have that backup of your mother because I think that's really important too that you just have someone else that's adult there mm-hmm. that can can take care of them if they you know they, they need some extra care like they need to yeah. maybe not be there or they change their minds or they want to play yeah. or they want to go outside or like you uh-huh. don't have to take care of them because you need to exactly. be in your zone and that's so important so it's that's great and you know, when you said about, you just want your midwife in the corner, like, I love that. (laughs) I love that because, you know, being a midwife is, is being with woman and it's what the woman wants and needs and mm-hmm. I would say a true midwife would never feel like you were pushing her to the side yes. I don't feel like that I've been sitting in the kitchen in people's houses while they birth <laughs> their own babies like I yeah. haven't even been like in the room you know I just pop in after and just That's check awesome. in and you go like okay you know something fine maybe there for the placenta and then I go home like yeah. you know it's about you it's what you want and what you choose. And for some women, they're like, Oh no, I want you like next yeah. to me in my face, like I want you to whisper things to me. I want you to really sweet." That's how I was you. with this last you one know, yeah. yeah. You're like it's so dependent. And you might mm-hmm. change your mind. I might, yes. You might go like, Oh, actually, I don't want you in my face, I want you in the corner. Or you might go like, oh, <laughs> I don't want you. Come over, come over. Yeah, no, come talk with me. <laughs> yeah. And that's what the midwife's role is. And We have life saving skills. Like, yes, there's a deep security in having a midwife. Just that subconscious, unconscious mind of yours just knows you're safe. Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying like free birth is, you know, that's for some people that feels like the most safe and they are so, you know, and then go for that. But really, you know, I do think that there needs to be wise women around you. That could be your best friend or your mother, Mm -hmm. like other people that can hold a bit of space so you don't have to be solely responsible like you can yeah. truly go into your safe birth space just by yourself
1: but there's so many women now that don't have that experience because they've just been robbed of their birthright as as we say um like my mom none of my friends i don't really know anybody like in person that's done like a natural home birth with no hospital interventions it's just so rare and i hope that's changing i see the trend changing of a lot more women looking into less um intervention like more intervention free births but as of now like you can't just go to your aunt and and mom and grandmother like you could back in 100 years ago and just ask them about birth and ask them to be with you during birth I mean they would still be with you but they they don't they didn't a lot of them didn't experience that themselves because I know hospital trends came in and women were Mm. thought that that birth was a medical a medical case and that they need to take place in the hospital so
0: yeah we've been so indoctrinated that yes. that's the right thing to do and then you're much more safer there and the doctor will yes. save you you know um and it's really the opposite like we exactly. actually have the power we are the ones that birth our babies and mm-hmm. we were designed to do so yes. yes a few of us will need assistance will need life-saving support there's very few that's that's mm-hmm. only like very a few. small percentage doesn't mean that all 100% of us need to be in hospital in case of you know mm-hmm. but um, I do also want to say you know what a beautiful thing to have your mama there even if she might not witness the birth you yeah. know for her to that's healing you know that's healing yes. for your lineage hmm. I mean she's very very excited so it's mm-hmm. so beautiful and I always say that to like, you know, this storytelling. This is what heals that feminine yes. wound that we carry. That mistrust in our own bodies, you mm-hmm. know. That we don't understand our cycles. We don't understand our feminine body temple. You know, we mm-hmm. don't understand birthing. We've been it's been taken away from us in a it way, has, and. Yes. This is our reclaiming, you know, us sharing the birth stories that are positive, empowering, Mm -hmm. you know, to for the young maidens to listen to this, you know, and um yeah, spread, spread these stories, you know, spread to all your friends. Like Mm -hmm. the more women hear about this and how birth can be, the you know, we slowly then change the narrative that is dominant, which is like the scary Hollywood Mm -hmm. screaming traumatic thing. Yes, in the hospital. yeah well that's so beautiful i hope that you know your third birth will be even more blissful empowering and yeah for you you. but before i say goodbye i want to ask you you know if you had a first time mama in front of you right now it's about to have her first baby and she really wants to have a natural and empowering birth experience what advice and pearls of wisdom would you give to her
1: um, definitely just trust the process, trust your body. Um, it, your body knows what to do um, in every situation if we just let it. And also just know your options, know that you don't have to follow every single intervention, every single request of your OB or even your midwife. A lot of times, our case, a lot of times that first birth, it was what was convenient for the doctor and the nurses, not necessarily convenient for me and my baby. So just know those options going in research so much about birth, um, more about birth than you do about planning the nursery and the the baby gear. Um, it was just kind of opposite for me in the first birth. I need, I needed to, I did research a lot about birth, but I was also more worried about the other little non-necessary things after we got here. It wasn't consumed in birth and knowing every single option every single every single thing that could happen and that my body knows what to do so just know know your options tell let your birth team know that your husband your midwife your partner whoever's with you going to be with you your doula let them know what you want and advocate advocate for you because especially in a hospital setting you're going to need some help advocating um to stay out of that system and just, just trust the process is the main thing. Your body knows what to do so much better than we, than we give it credit for sometimes. Yes. Yes. I couldn't agree more.
0: Thank you so much. Amy, Thank you for- so much for
1: having me and yeah. for everything you share on your podcast. I just love listening to positive birth stories. We listen to them all the time as we travel, just preparing for this next bird. just getting those, like you said, getting those positive stories in your mind just helps prepare you mentally and in every way for birth no matter how many births you've had if it's your first fourth fifth listening to those positive stories is just so so impactful so thank you for sharing all these on your podcast
0: oh thank you amy it's been a pleasure having your story added to the thank you so much for having me thank you for listening if you love this podcast then please consider sharing it leave a review or make a contribution on our patreon page and if you want to connect on social media then find the podcast on instagram as the natural birth podcast thank you for listening